Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm sorry about Venom. If I said that during the first Venom review, I don't really care. I mean, I'm Alex. And I'm Britton. I wasn't here for the first Venom review, so I came uh, into this movie as a, as a, a, a newborn fawn blinking into the sun. I'm un- just ready to see what shine this new world had for me. What murky, uh, sludgy <laughs> shine. I was going to I was going to say, let's let's. OK, I, I see I see potentially how the joke ends. How do we make it dark, but not too dark? <laughs> I kind of wish I had gone with a joke like let there be friendship or let there be podcasts or something. But I didn't. I instead misled people about my enthusiasm. Hi guys, it's Britain. The podcast is now. It's here come the sequels, starring us, your friends. Old man. <laughs> uh yeah. We're talking about Venom Let There Be Carnage uh, this week. I I feel well, Alex, go ahead and give the thanks then. Sure. So we're we're back to, to playing catch up. Obviously we've been doing that for the past few weeks uh, but we're continuing that train with a lot of movies from 2021 that we haven't gotten to yet uh venom let there be carnage from 2021 directed by andy circus it has a 58 percent critic score on rotten tomatoes and an 84 percent audience score now i would like to remind the good people what the first venom movie has because i think this is also worth noting it has a 30 percent critic score and an 81% audience Ooh. score. 7% people, more 13-year-olds saw this movie, I guess. I was going to say people, and by people, 13-year-olds like the Venom movies. They're really crowd pleasers, <laughs> which is why we hated them. Tyler, for the whole talk. For yeah, the whole movie, uh, yeah, It doesn't even have to be about the movie, just talk. I can, I can go best and worst thing off of this as well. I oh, feel... wait, hang on, we gotta, let me do the synopsis. Oh, oh, right, yeah. In case people don't know. Um, yeah, uh, sorry guys, Mark is not here today. I I found a note that says he's traveling to deepest Seneca to search for a rare mongoose. I don't think he knows that's North Carolina or South Carolina. <laughs> um, all our pith helmets are gone, so I think it might be a minute. Um, but anyway, if, if you're like me and you haven't seen the first Venom movie, uh, he's, these guys are a lot like Spider-Man, yes? Venom's yeah. like Spider-Man. Yeah, he is the yeah. Spider-Man. And he's doing all his great jumps, uh, and I guess like sludge bombs. Anyway, that's what I assume Venom does. Uh, but according to this, this current movie, here's the synopsis: Eddie Brock is still struggling to coexist with the shape-shifting extraterrestrial Venom when deranged serial killer Cletus Cassidy also becomes host to an alien symbiote. Brock and Venom must put aside their differences to stop his reign of terror. They're not wrong. I don't like that Cletus Cassidy is a C, is C Cletus and K Cassidy. Uh-huh. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I, you, I need a, a, a you CC. Need a, you need a deranged name for a deranged killer. I get Yeah, he really doesn't play by society's rules, which is why he's so awesome. Correct. All right, uh, please go. <laughs> I was just going to say I, I should set the tone for this episode by pointing out that this episode is going to be uh, Britton and Alex pointing out many valid criticism of the movie and me being like i know isn't it great uh so i'll I'll go ahead and get that out of the way um i think 
you know, I could. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> discussing the movie is well, Webster's defines discussion as <laughs> multiple people having a conversation, and it defines conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh I think I'm I think I'm gonna say my best thing is is straight up and I really do there really are things that I find pretty fun about this movie, uh as as dumb as it is. Um I think my best thing is actually just gonna be the fact that the movie is like an hour and a half. Uh I might be stealing that from y'all too, but like I think I was I was complaining about this pretty recently, that movies so many movies today uh as opposed to back in my day you know in the halcyon days of 2006 or whatever um <laughs> so many movies today don't uh land either like short enough or long enough they they find this weird middle ground and and float around in like two hours and 10 minutes or whatever and it's like ugh. yeah there's, there's either too much movie or not enough movie and either way it's it's wrong um i appreciate that this movie is just like yep 90 minutes andy circus after working with peter jackson for all that time was like no no more (laughs) i'm going to make the shortest movie hollywood will allow me to make they probably were like hey you you want to do uh, a director thing and he's like sure and they're like well you know we can't and then he's like let me stop you right there how short can i make the movie they're like, you can do an hour and a half. And he's like, I'm sold. And they're like, don't you want to know what you're directing? And he's like, no. I'm gonna. I'm just. I want to put this out into the world. Um, I assume Dunkirk too. Let's let's go on. <laughs> that would be good. Uh, Dunkirk is one of those movies that you you can you can come up with all sorts of fun subtitles for a sequel for it. Um, <laughs> Dunkirk two. We need a bigger boat. Dun Dunkirk two zombie uprising um i yeah i think it's fun that this movie is like so i i think overall my feel for this movie is that and i i I think i said to y'all that it feels like a cw show made by sony that is better because it's worse uh (laughs) parse that however you may i think it's just such a bizarre weird different version of a movie than like half the things we talked about on here um and i don't know i find it entertaining uh i don't even know if i have a worse thing because like like my worst thing would be well yes the movie's bad (laughs) but have you considered (laughs) other things uh i i think it's it maybe it is ultimately that it feels very television like uh just in terms of the pace and the the visuals and like i actually think some of it doesn't look that bad like some of the stuff with carnage but it it is it feels lower budget than it probably should uh i think it actually did pretty well for a pandemic movie uh all things considered like 500 million worldwide which is like yeah probably what probably yeah probably what they were looking for uh so i don't know it got the job done <laughs> and i'm really oh, I, I mean that that is avi arad's catchphrase <laughs> <That's> true 
Um, is that your best and worst, Tyler? Yes. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I um, I, I have a feeling that I will enjoy the movie more in discussion than in hindsight than I did watching sure. it. My worst thing, and this is gonna sound extreme, but don't, <laughs> but li- just just bear with me. It's that it took away my life minutes, <laughs> like. <laughs> I, but it I, only took ninety. Of it them. only took ninety of it. Yeah, but it, it was the kind of thing where I, I, I just had a lot of things I wanted to watch. Is really what it came down sure. to. I was like, I, I got two more episodes before I finished for all mankind. Um, I got all this TV shows I want to get to, and these movies are are popping up. I want to watch, and there's all this stuff and I want to read. And ah, dang it, I gotta watch freaking Venom, <laughs> and then. And I really, every time we do one of these uh, uh, podcasts, I always try to go into the movie open and like, no, let's see, let's really give this a, a shot. Even if we're like 10 movies into a franchise that I know I'm not enjoying, I still like, hey, you never know. Law of averages. Um, but then with with this one, I think I just started, I think I waited too long to watch it, honestly, until it was too close to the deadline. I started it yesterday <laughs> um, to our recording. And so I think I just got to the point where I was like, I, I I have to watch it. Like uh-huh. I can't uh-huh. I can't really put it off more. And I just spent the whole time wishing, like wanting to do other things. Um, because really, it doesn't commit any like mortal sins. It's come on. <laughs> it's in a way, it's almost comforting that you can still see a movie from two thousand and two in a theater sure. now. Like it's kind of nice. Um, my best thing, I, I actually. Actually, okay, I will say a half a worse thing that will lead into my best thing. My half a worse thing is 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 just that like I don't I don't think anybody's really able to be good in this. However, I really like the cast. Because everyone <laughs> sure. in this movie is is doing it. They're they're leaning in. Like it is a big performance from Tom Hardy. And there are multiple points in the movie where I was like in a better version of this movie, he would be so good in this. And I think he would be so much fun. He's willing to do comedy. He's willing to do be goofy and do takes and everything. And I'm like, that's great. Woody Harrelson is just chewing everything up like Venom uh-huh. wishes he could. Uh-huh. And he's got the... He doesn't have the same kind of ridiculous hair, but he's got new ridiculous hair. And right. that's very funny. Naomi Harris is really living up to her... To, to to the tradition of very talented British actors by being in whatever. <laughs> she's so good in Moonlight. Like, she's so great in that movie. She was terrific in Swan Song, which I recommended a little while ago. I, I remember her being well-treated in her the Bond movies. I haven't seen No Time to Die yet, but I believe she'll be good in the, in that one. And she she's, again, she's going for it in this. She's really, really leaning in. Um, but like the movie is just so not great that the performances kind of falter. I would say Stephen Graham probably fares the best as the like detective, but that is such a a quote real performance and such a grounded like normal person performance that like it almost feels like he's not supposed to be in the movie. <laughs> it's like you're a little too. Where's Pat Hingle? Like Pat Hingle would crush this movie. <laughs> I will say. Uh... Don't worry, because that detective becomes Toxin in the comics. So if they make Venom three, he can become he can do okay, a big okay. he can do a big performance. Oh my goodness. Um, my so my best thing is half that. My other best thing really is the rave scene, y'all. It's so silly. This movie just has a moment 
where Venom, almost like almost like Coach Beard on Ted Lasso, just ends up in an underground rave. <laughs> and it's a long sequence of everyone being like, oh, great costume, and him just getting a lot of glow bracelets put on him and glow necklaces. And then he gives a speech about how he's happy to be um, who he is. He's proud of who he is, and they should all be proud of who they are. And it's like weirdly earnest. Yes. In a, in a, like he didn't get up there and like say something crazy and then talk about eating people. He was like, no, I believe in being myself. And then he like does a mic drop. And it's just, it's so delirious. And like, I, it's so, it's played so normally, which makes it so strange. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wish the whole movie were like that. That it just all, I wish every scene had a sense of just like, what? Because a lot of it felt just kind of like a nothing movie that's like, yeah, I know. We know to do the thing. We go here and then this. Ha- I know. I know. I've seen movies. I don't know. I feel like a lot of the movie dies <laughs> for that. But uh, maybe I should have seen it in theaters. Maybe I should have just carved it out. But yeah, that rave scene is just, it's so g- gloriously bizarre. Alex? I-, I feel like this movie is almost critic proof. <laughs> well, Avi Arad doesn't make movies for critics, Alex. That's true. I, 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 to be honest, though, it's hard to look at this movie and go, "Oh, here's the problems." <laughs> it knows exactly what it's doing. Like it's not, it's not, it's not living under some delusion that it's it's sure. trying to do something greater than just being very, very stupid. Um, the first Venom movie, and it has a two hour and twenty minute runtime. Mm-hmm. I forgot that. Um, that, at least for the first half of that movie, has the delusion that it's still a real movie. Right. This one is just like, no, we're kind of a joke. We're admitting it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I appreciate that. <laughs> Ruben Fleischer directed the first one. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. Clarifying. That's correct. Um, my best thing... Uh, I think the the very cynical side of my brain could also go to it's only 90 minutes. And yes, I did appreciate that. But I yeah. did genuinely enjoy something in the movie. In spite of myself. Eddie and Venom together <laughs> as a dysfunctional romance is absolutely delightful. If they released like 20 different five-minute shorts <laughs> on YouTube of just the two of them was like, Living in the apartment, doing chores, going out and and visiting Mrs. Chin at the local uh, convenience store. Like, all that stuff is delightful. Um, My favorite moment of the movie, and it's unfortunate because it was spoiled in the trailers, is the bit where Venom hides because he realizes Carnage is a red symbiote. And, And Eddie's having to bargain with him. He goes, you can eat everyone! And then immediately Venom just like comes out. He's like, yeah, that was great. If only they had made a given a Venom a quibby. Why can't Venom get a bunch of quibbies? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know that with how much money that both of these movies have made. And I would argue they have made way too much movie money. And these movies, this should not be a franchise. <laughs> um, I think. Venom could have single-handedly saved Quibi, <laughs> you know? Maybe so. That, that's that's part of my new speculative alt-history TV show for all men Quibi. <laughs> but yeah, I, I genuinely found Tom Hardy delightful in this. His accent is all over the place, and I, mm. I think 
for me, it feels like the pitch of his character is he's on crack. Moment. Just every scene he's on crack or he's getting over being high on crack. And he just never knows what he's doing. And he's always just throwing his arms around. He's always just acting scatterbrained. And is it a good performance? I don't know. But I enjoyed it. Yeah. And Venom, so- Venom sounded like Bane throughout the whole film. And I was I was just... I was enjoying it quite a bit. Um, My worst thing is going to be the plot? Or lack thereof? Because it's really nothing. And like I said, the movie knows it's nothing, which mm-hmm. is why it's 90 minutes. But I did feel that every time Carnage and Shriek, um, Naomi Harris's character, every time they showed up and they were actually trying to give them backstory or make them somewhat sympathetic or just give them anything to do, I thought that the, the movie was just wasting its time. <laughs> Got to get it somehow, you know. And... I just felt that both of those actors were being horribly underutilized and just I I could tell Woody Harrelson was trying to chew the scenery as best as he could. I don't think he was given anything good to do. I I didn't enjoy him all that much in the movie. And I do wonder how much of that is just the movie's not R-rated. So Cletus Casty cannot be the violent psychopath that they build him up to be. Um like they talk about, oh, he did like he killed his mom and his grandma and they're both just kind of played as jokes. I don't know. None of that really worked for me. And Naomi Harris, they don't explain. I don't know what this universe is. I don't know if aliens are the only weird thing in this universe or if it is a semi Marvel connected universe where superpowers are a thing. Does Spider-Man exist in this world? I don't know. I just, it's just, it's very, very confusing. But the movie doesn't have time to answer those questions. Why am I asking them? But yeah, every time the movie tried to do plot things, I was like, no, 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 no. Get back to the, get back to the stupid. Get back to the really stupid. Do that. Um, I, My last, my last note will be, Avi Arad, you managed to not only release Venom, but also Venom Let There Be Carnage. Release Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. <laughs> You hack. That's my mic drop. I'm out. Good night. There you go. Good night, everyone. Sounds good. Going, going to the Avia rave and <laughs> making it known. <laughs> Just like Hot Wheels in cages doing like spinning around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, he, he came up with the idea for the rave scene. He was pulling it from personal experience. He magically <laughs> just showed up at a rave and then he, sh- he started giving his speech about how cool he was and how proud he was of himself. i just came to say hello uh yeah i was gonna say i think for me harrelson stuff comes through for him at times like i like the scene where he uh is right after he bites eddie brock's hand and then he's like talking through like that's not real that's not human blood like uh that's he gives some good lines there and like it scatters throughout. I actually genuinely quite like some of the Carnage stuff, just like mm. with the imagery of Carnage. Um, I think when he's first coming out and, and blowing out of the big out of the, like the fact that they put him on a lethal injection or in a lethal injection chamber and like 
start to try to kill him and then like he freaks out and uh kills everyone in there um the that image is very very striking where the the um you know the serum or whatever that's going to kill him it goes it starts to go into his veins um but then his blood just kind of shoots out Mm -hmm. and blocks it and starts resisting it i don't know i thought that was just a really creepy image yeah and i think that there's Stuff like I like the carnage design overall. Um, he kills a man by sticking his tongue down his throat. Yeah, uh, that's fun. He, he does some stuff. Uh, I like the I like a lot of the stuff in the big fight in the church at the end where uh, there, there's the one bit where Venom and Carnage are clashing, and they I think Venom throws him, and he like catches himself in front of the stained glass window. That's a good that's a good shot. Uh, it's all CG and kind of muddled and it's not particularly good looking, but the design is, uh, quite neat. So I don't know. There's, there's stuff here and there that I genuinely was like, yeah, I like that. And I think for me, like a lot of the Venom nineties comics, that's that the, the lore of this, like the, like she Venom with his, with, uh, Anne Wang and, uh the who else is like shriek shriek's uh kind of kind of from that same era um obviously carnage and i think maybe the first one has some more references to like enemy like i think they had the life foundation in the first one and that's like a venom thing like all this stuff is pulling from 90s comics that aren't aren't particularly amazing or well loved but i think they're fun i like i like venom as a character for whatever reason i've just always had a uh obsession with him i think it probably comes from the some of the cartoons i have no idea which cartoons but cartoons that would just be on uh when i was a kid and uh i i find him very neat and i think this these two movies, the fact that Spider-Man is not... My best thing might... Should probably actually be that this movie manages to capture a lot of the feeling of those comics without Spider-Man existing <laughs> in this universe. Um, the only thing is I think it's a shame that he doesn't have the the white spider logo, and I kind of feel like they should just do it. I, I kind of feel like they should have just been like, yep, his suit has a spider on it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, deal with it. What What do you want from this movie? Uh, so yeah, I I don't know. I think that this does a fun job of of pulling some of those and like staying weirdly close to the feeling of reading those comics. I guess uh, Venom and Eddie Brock are definitely weirder, and uh, their their relationship in this. Uh, and it's fascinating. Tom Hardy, he's he's got himself a catalog of performances that yeah. sure does exist. Because <laughs> I'm just thinking of this, and I'm thinking of Bane, and then I'm also thinking of Mad Max and uh, Dunkirk, and there's I another mean, other, like yeah, like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy Legend. I mean, just lots of well. Like, I'm think I'm thinking of. Specifically, ones where he either like doesn't speak or has something oh. messing with his voice, or is is very yeah. quiet most of the time. Like he just does a lot of strange, takes on a lot of strange roles in the sense of you don't really see him much. Yeah, I don't know.
You think Lasher is going to show up? <laughs> you know, I hope so. Yeah, maybe get uh, uh, Jim Parsons. <laughs> 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 this movie really did make me wonder what if even Sheldon more. was Lasher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I remember, I think we may have talked about this in the first episode, but the fact that they used Riot as their bad guy and not Carnage and the director trying to defend that choice sure. of like, Oh, well, you want to save the actual, yeah. like, the big bad for a later film. And it's like, no, well, you don't know if you're getting a franchise for your role. <laughs> um, but then you get to this movie, it's 90 minutes, and then you just kill Carnage. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't get it. Yeah. I don't know. This Carnage feels like a character you would want to keep around for at least a couple of movies. I, I'm a little confused about why they killed I, him. I, I think. No, at least, and this may be me coming from what comics, what what you have to to put up with in comics in terms of characters coming back from the dead. Uh, I think that if they if they really want to bring him back in the future, they could easily just be like, "Yep, the the symbiote regenerated him yeah. uh, after it escaped from Venom again. We're good. There there was a droplet on the ground, and it found like that. That is the number one resource of comics is uh ways that somebody could have totally been dead and then not be dead yeah so i'm i'm not too concerned if they feel like they do want to bring him back i don't know where else he would go from here because yeah the movie i was looking up the movie had a budget of like 110 million made 500 million that that was during a pandemic they'll they'll make a sequel of this i'm sure uh i don't know if it's already been confirmed but they'll make a sequel but i also but, wonder if how much of that is going to be way late because now this is hinted that he's tyler stone hardy's going to be in the mcu um we'll we'll talk about that as we get there <laughs> i guess yeah, yeah let's, let's let's put a pin in that one <laughs> in terms of other movies or in terms of this discussion in terms of spider-man when we get there, oh right, about, i haven't like, seen that one the references there yeah, yeah. he licks the tv um he does he the TV. And, hey don't get me wrong Tom Holland's a great looking guy. Maybe there are better looking people who are American and taller, but you know, good looking. Like Tom Hardy can't hit on that face too much. No, Britain, he didn't time it properly. J.K. Simmons' face was still on screen when he went to go (laughs) look at it, and then it transferred to Tom Holland. Oh darn it! (laughs) Got me again. I did like when the guy comes out and he's like, "What do? What are you doing in my hotel room?" And Tom Hardy's just sitting there and he's like, and then it's over. (laughs) Like, all right, that's cute. What did you guys think of the CG? Because I remember with the first film, I complained about the CG there. And I think it is moderately better, but I still think that CG symbiote, like it still looked better in Spider-Man 3 back 15 years ago. I Specifically, have... that the bit at the end sure. when Toby yeah. Peter separates Topher Grace and it's just like this giant monstrosity behind him. That looks great, and I don't think any of the special effects in either of these films have come close to matching that. Sure. But I, th- I think also that is 10 seconds, if that, of, sure. of CG. And so, like, I think creating a consistent design for both of them is, is more difficult. Especially when these, I mean, they're not low-budget movies, but they are a step down from even even MCU, I think a lot of the time goes 
good bit higher. Uh, and then especially the DCU, for whatever reason, always had insane budgets. Like, all things considered, it's budget CGI, and I think it works pretty well. I think for me, I really am just most like, I want I want those, the actual design. I want the spider. Give me the spider. <laughs> bring, it, bring him to me. Which is the famous quote by J.K. Simmons in Spider-Man. I guess... Maybe it's just the Andy Circus of it all, but when he first came on board, I, I immediately thought, oh, the special effects are going to be a lot better. Mm-hmm. They're going to do like fancy mo- motion capture. It's going to look great. And then doesn't really feel that much different from the yeah. first film. I think it does help that just Carnage is a red character. So you have two distinct symbiotes. Yeah. Like they look very different. Britain, you didn't watch the first film, but the end fight between Venom and, and Riot it's just, it's a nightmare. Like, you cannot tell what's going on. It looks horrible. I, I looked up, while we've been discussing, I looked up a picture of Riot, and he, he looks very similar to Venom in a way that echoes, like, the early MCU movies of just, like, he's yeah. that, but a little bit different. Yeah. Sure. Well, it's even more heartbreaking because it's Riz Ahmed playing him. Yeah. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. that that could be a cool character. Oh, you're just, okay, never mind. <laughs> we'll back away slowly. Uh, I really thought every scene where Michelle Williams showed up was actually quite funny. Yeah, I actually kind of liked mm-hmm. her in this. And I can't tell if it's because she is fully leaned into I don't care. Yeah. Um. Well, she's not in or... it enough that she has to care too. Right. Sure. But like, she's got this perfect balance of like. I feel like half of it, she's just playing sarcastically yeah. and that mm-hmm. works for this material. And it works with trying to deal with Tom Hardy's performance. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, and I, the, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, her and like Reed Scott, who plays her, uh, fiance husband. Dan. Now, Dan. now fiance. Now fiance. Um, who I remember listening to Flophouse talk about the first Venom and they kept going on about how great he was. Just, just like that, like, yeah, she's with a way better guy. <laughs> he's really nice. <laughs> and he is, you, he really is just like, this is my, is this like, that was his weekend. <laughs> he just like popped in mm-hmm. to like pour some fire on the ground and then leave, mm-hmm. which maybe that helps. Maybe there was a sense of like alacrity because they're like, eh, it doesn't matter. I'm right. not having to like give up being an Oscar nominated movies to do this one. Yeah, I thought she was fun. And she doesn't usually mm-hmm. get to be fun. She's usually in very heavy, very serious. You know, I got to listen to Casey Affleck whine about burning up his kids. You know, oh, gosh. Sure. Spoilers for um, Mummy. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't, neither of those people were in The Mummy. I don't know why I said that. Um, spoilers for Dawson's Creek. <laughs> um. Also, I did send you guys a, a picture in our, our Skype chat um, just to kind of brighten up your day. I mean, I saw that. You, yeah. You sent us a picture of the the person who should be the villain. Of yeah. You know, I just um, I'll, I'll look. I, I just typed in new picture of Topher Grace. Just wanted to keep us mm-hmm. up to date on Topher. New, new, N-E-W, new for. Uh, yes. Just yes, to make new. sure. A new just photo. <laughs> a recent I'm try this again. Re- recent <laughs> Topher. <laughs> All right, some of the same pictures. See, All right, I didn't know we were doing okay. Good job. Thanks, thanks, <laughs> algorithms. 
Is Venom 3 just going to be Venom versus Morbius? Ooh. No, no, that'll... Well, it'll be Venom versus Morbius in the same way that Batman versus Superman is Batman versus Superman. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's like, there's a fight. Yes. Actually, they team up to battle... Mania. Sure. Because I like the idea of Venom v. Morbius colon Mania. <laughs> but thinking about it, I, I could see Morbius crashing and burning hard. Like, sure. I could see that movie just not doing well at all. And Avi Arad uh, being very indignant about it and be like, we're not letting this go. Yeah. Where I'm not, I'm not letting the... the 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 non Spider Man MCU train uh, whatever acronym you want to use I'm I'm not I'm not letting that drop so let's throw Morbius into a Venom movie mm-hmm. have is that confirmed that that is in the same universe or are people just sort of assuming it there's a- there are multiple things in that trailer that are contradictory yes. the- he mentions Venom but there's a Spider Man picture that appears to be the Tobey Maguire Spider Man. Good. And then Michael Quite Keaton, enough. Michael Keaton's right. Vulture shows up at the end of the trailer. So it's just we're pulling uh, from everything. Nothing matters. And also George Clooney from Ocean's Twelve is there. That's interesting. It's gonna <laughs> be very funny when Michael Keaton is not in the movie. <laughs> Calling that now. I feel like it's very possible that that's like a cameo, and then Feige was like, no, no, no. <laughs> like he just stopped that. Uh, Avi's like clicking the upload button and uh on i don't know powerpoint whatever they used to make those movies and kevin just goes no 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 obviously rod's like how how did you find out you named him keichel meaton on the the cast <laughs> list for that day are you serious mr meaton i i, so I have a logi- i have a logistics question about mm-hmm. this otherwise clockwork film Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the final confrontation somehow or another they figure out that much like the villain in horrors of spider island carnage is weak against fire but also sound and they're they're fighting and all the jumping around but they're at the top they're in this like upper level of a church and venom is standing there with naomi harris and harris and <laughs> Carnage is in front of him. They're like, wait, we have to use fire or sound. And I was like, no, my Harris is going to do. She has like a banshee power screaming thing. And I was like, she's about to scream. And she takes a big inhale. And then Venom just knocks her down and knock. Why wouldn't they just let her scream at Carnage from where she is? Like what was I understand? Like it kind of Rube Goldberg's from there that she screams that hits a bell or whatever. I thought w- w- was the idea that he was like, I'll knock her down so she'll do a bigger scream. I thought she was going to scream at Venom. Yeah, that's the idea. Venom was standing right in front of her. Oh, I thought that she and Venom were now teaming up against Carnage. No. Oh, well, okay. Although she could have been like, now I hate them both because Carnage keeps trying to kill me. Oh, maybe, yeah, I guess Venom was like, get out of the... Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. And then she gets killed by a bell. Yeah. Neat. I thought it'd be kind of funny if there was another post credits where you just hear, "Uh, guys, I'm I'm still in here." 
it is a very like pre MCU move to have the climax be set at a church. That feels sure. very like early two thousand mm-hmm. superhero movie. Yeah, with kind her specifically like a... Marvel movie. Yeah, are we really th- just thinking of Daredevil? Is there another example? Well, Daredevil specifically has part of the climax at a church, but there a couple of the X Men movies have scenes that are set in churches. True. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, well, I mean, there's the scene in Spider Man Three where uh Topher grace praise well, and that is for for god to kill yeah. peter parker now that you say that that is like a key element in the original venom comic book origin of like yeah he was uh in the church where peter parker was fighting actually a bunch of vulture knockoffs and hmm. uh that's how the symbiote fell off of him actually was... he was trying to do it and the vulture knockoffs were making it more i don't remember exactly hmm. something like that also, uh, my big fat Greek wedding is a pre MCU movie with a church. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, just thinking of so you got you got to take that into consideration too. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, we've established a pattern. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, it, yeah, uh, it, it was very uh, mid aughts, but this movie was shot by Robert Richardson, who's like he shot the Hateful Eight. <laughs> Huh. And I think Django, he's like a big deal <laughs> cinematographer. <laughs> Which I mean, Deacon's shot the village, pay the bills. so exactly stuff stuff happens. Andy calls you up, says, "I need your help." Yeah, I was We're getting gonna, a lot of. He calls him up. He says, "Hey, hey, I heard you did the Hateful Eight. How would you like to do a ninety-minute movie?" <laughs> <laughs> and Robbo's like, "I got a weekend. Let's let's do this." <laughs> Give me give, pitch it to me in one word, carnage. All right. <laughs> I did like that they just let a carnage say "Let there be carnage." Mm-hmm. I like that that they just now we're doing it. I uh, I enjoyed that. I do think the title was a very good giveaway as to what this film was going yeah, to sure. be. Yeah, the, this is a movie that feels like what you expect. Yeah, look at I know uh, we've we've had the discussion, and I think this was spurred on by the Halloween films. I, we had the discussion of what is the dumbest title that we have had to deal with on this podcast. This comes close, but it knows just how dumb it is, so I let it slide. Yeah, it's it's not quite the same as like Halloween H two O Resurrection Protocol or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is weird. I, I I had this thought um just a few minutes ago. I'm now I'm suddenly getting comparisons between the Venom movies and the Ghost Rider movies of all things. Sure. And maybe I'm just like flashing back because Nicolas Cage is also giving a very Nick Cage mm-hmm. performance in those. But I remember, I think the second one is specifically like that one's like right at 90 minutes too. And it kind of just cuts a lot of the fat and it's just like, nope, we're just going to have a dumb action movie. Um, huh. Yeah. Guess we got to go watch it. We'll yeah. pause the podcast here. Uh, we'll you know, Idris Elba's in it. So we might enjoy five minutes. We just need a third movie. Make it a trilogy. Yeah. Ghost Rider, Ghost Rider 2. That movie where Matt Mads Mickelson shaved his head and is like fights a bunch of motorcycle people. It's called Vengeance Riders of Vengeance or something. Oh, okay. I was gonna say pig. Pig. 
hey, hey, I don't hate this <laughs> idea. That's also a 90-minute movie. There we go. Okay. What if we did every movie that's ever come out in order of how long it is, starting at shortest? <laughs> just kept okay. going. Do all the 88s, all the 89s. Oh my God, I really... <laughs> 90s and 91s love it that'd be good there's probably some like german thing that's two days long i bet yeah we'll get there yeah. we'll get there eventually <laughs> there's what like 20 movies that's i mean at least keep us busy wow. for a year jeez what else can i tell you about myself um <laughs> i like uh in the movie that was a bad way to start this. Was Mrs. Chen part of the original film? I'm guessing. Yep. Okay. Yes. The, she there's... is in the she is in the infamous turd in the wind mm-hmm. scene. Ah, y- yes. <laughs> that was in the trailer for the first film. I Everyone didn't... made fun of it, and it was just as dumb in the movie. He, I didn't he see the talks about biting somebody's head off and it rolling along the ground like a turd rolling in the wind. Good lord. <laughs> and that's all you really need to know about the first yeah, one. You know, that I do common really like the scene between her and Michelle Williams, uh, where they're Michelle Williams is trying to get Venom to come out of Mississippi. Yes, 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 yes. That's that's a fun little sequence. Again, kind of going back to the Tom Hardy Venom, and then also the scene where she's playing middleman between Venom and Tom Hardy because mm-hmm. she has the symbiote, and and there's the. Like trying to get them to make up while she has it. That's that's cute. Yeah. I I'm not sure how I feel about she venom. Mm-hmm. Mostly just because that feels like a very creepy like fan ficky thing to do, and they did it in the first one as well. Which I mean, oh, did they? The first really? the first one is worse because that the transfer between the two of them is she venom kissing eddie and venom transfers from her over to him yeah that's a that is part of the plot in the first film is that the two of them get separated and i think it might be relationship problems between the two of them and then she has to grab venom Hmm. and then take him to to eddie i think that is a double beat it doesn't matter sure I mean, she venom is so brief in this movie. Like, yeah. it just—it's not even. It's she's mostly a means of conveyance for venom. Sure. So, I do wonder though if if that is partially like, oh well, that's like maybe a meme from the first film, or like people thought that was just a weird, so we'll just do it again, just a little throwaway thing. I don't know. I mean, I had to remember what you meant when you said she venom. So yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. If that, you know, says anything about how long it happens in the movie. Um, I did actually like the scenes between Stephen Graham and Tom mm-hmm. Hardy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Detective Mulligan doesn't really belong in this movie, but every time he showed up, I was like, okay, I, I, I like him. He's I, fine. I believe I'm under the impression that Stephen Graham, he's a British actor, is a very well-respected actor, like in actor circles over there. And he's good in this, but like he he definitely felt like he should be on the wire or something. <laughs> like this is not a Venom of the Carnage character. It's a real shame because on the podcast, he's been in three different movies at least. 
because he's in the latter two Pirates of the Caribbean movies. And I believe his character is named Scrum, if I remember. (laughs) And it's just like, I... Oh, boy. Oh, Yeah, I think uh, the next movie, next Venom movie, they should fight Scrum. (laughs) Venom, let there be Scrum. Venom, let there be Scrum. (laughs) But Uh, then he shows up in The Irishman, and him and Al Pacino are yelling at each other, and it's great. Huh. Okay. Yeah, I I did like. There's a sequence where um, Eddie gets a letter from Cletus, and it's Cletus like telling his backstory. And the way it's communicated visually is all of these like Tom Hardy becomes like surrounded by all of these childlike drawings depicting what Cletus is talking about. And I liked that just visually. I was like, oh, this is like an interesting way to depict this. I kind of like the art style. This is like this is a different kind of thing than the rest. This feels slightly different, um, yeah. Whereas so much of the movie feels so samey. But I will I like say, that uh, also to the point of this being PG thirteen, I think this is actually a movie that movie that would be relatively upsetting for like a ten year old. Oh sure, uh, which is not normally the you know you, normally PG thirteen is like you could show most kids this and they'd be fine. Yeah. I mean, a lot of Marvel like MCU movies mm-hmm. are PG thirteen all of them probably uh yes and so like normally it's it's just fine but this is one that feels like they went just about to r and maybe pulled back i don't don't really Mm -hmm. know what the mandate was from them when they were making this of like what do we want to aim for or how do we want to cut because it doesn't really feel like there's scenes that are cut but there's there's some good violence guy carnage gets his head bit off uh, well, they're pretty and, clearly. Yeah. When, Carnage well, and Venom are both scary looking too for a child. Yeah. Unless like, it's like a really cool kid. There's lethal injection. They're talking about mm. pushing grandma down the stairs. And being like, abused. In, in a creepy animation like you're saying. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's interesting. Hmm. I don't know how they landed there. Preteens I, love Woody Harrelson though. So Sure. Sure. They're all going to show up. Especially with that haircut. Yeah, me? big fans of the messenger, the preteens. And true detective season one. <laughs> eh, time is a flat circle. They say standing <laughs> on each other's shoulders to get in. Correct. Yeah, I really don't I don't know what to say about this. Can movie, Matthew but... McConaughey play Mephisto in Venom 3? Oh. Or null. <laughs> well, I think if no, we're getting if we're getting no, I think then that's like a Venom, Tom Hardy Venom pops up in the MCU, and that's just like that's that's part of it. Uh, if if and I will say to further my theory, the end of this talks about uh, all the things the symbiotes have experienced, like across space time. Uh, in the end credits, so like. He's con- and they've talked about the connection with the the this. It's all coming together, it's all nulling together. Is what I'm saying. I will say <laughs> I I googled um, Mephisto Marvel to to get an image of this man. Yeah, yeah. And there's a post here that says five actors who make a great MCU Mephisto. And in the the link image in the center is Mephisto, and framing him are Lance Reddick and Ted Danson. <laughs> okay, so. Bruce Dancing Campbell is, is also being suggested. Very uh, obvious. Yeah. Um, and here's literally just a picture of 
Don Cheadle from Falcon Winter Soldier with the, his furrowed brow circle where it kind of looks like an M. And there's an arrow pointing to that with a picture of Mephisto. I love the internet. <laughs> oh, I, ooh, interesting, interesting. Ah, oh, jeez. Maybe maybe uh, War Machine will get a, a spinoff. M- Mephisconestay. Mephisconestay. <laughs> Make it happen. Just a really chill Mephisto. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, I was, uh... <laughs> hey, hey, it's me, Mephisto. Mechanifisto. Ew! I'm sticking with it. Anyway, how dare you besmirch the good name of Kit Fisto? Me- Actually, <laughs> let, me, let, let me put this. Mephisto. <laughs> this is our villain, Mephisto. He's a he's a Tweety scholar. Uh-huh. I don't like that at all. I'm Mephisto. <laughs> That's this not is, this proper. This is a, a cat from Cats. <laughs> oh yeah, you. <laughs> we should have watched that movie again. No, ah, uh, I don't know. Rum Tum Tugger with a symbiote. You know, <laughs> I would have so much respect for Tom Hooper if he finally came out of hiding and said, you know what? I'm making another movie. It's Cats 2, everyone. Let's go. <laughs> I'm making another. It's Cats 2, Venom 3. Yes, the team up involved. Thought, it's an all-star team up. I thought you were going to say you'd have so much respect for Tom Hooper if he came out and said, you know what? Cats was good. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Well, I think by, by virtue it. of him wanting to make a sequel, it's him saying there's something of value here. Yeah, but value is different than artistic merit. And I think that's, that's what I wanted to hear him say is like, yes, I stand behind T- Tom Hooper on Cats. I stand by it. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> So what you're saying is you want him to do a very lengthy um, at-home quarantine commentary track that he streams on YouTube or Vero or whatever social media site he prefers. And at the end, he goes, we're doing it, guys. We're releasing the butthole cut. (laughs) It's like a close-up of him, and he goes, it's gonna be Rumple Teaser. (laughs) But instead of Zack Snyder and Henry Cavill, it's like, Tommy Purr and I don't know, like <laughs> James Corden. <laughs> it could be James Corden, actually. I was gonna say Russell Crowe. <laughs> Judy Dench trying to operate like a Zoom call does sound like a bit sure. of fun. Sure. I look forward to seeing Mephisto when when he shows up in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. If he hasn't already. Oh, interesting. Remember, it could be War Machine. That's true. Or <laughs> Don Cheadle's been bro. playing the long con. Oh. <laughs> it's it, it really is the the uh, the Gary Oldman bit from uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. I waited thirteen years. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um. I am giving Venom Let There Be Carnage a D plus. Mm. And if it matters at all, I gave the first one a D. In some ways, this movie is better. I think it has a better awareness for what it is. But in many ways, it's worse. Mm. And it kind of nets out. D plus. It's kind of funny. And stupid.
Do you know what you're doing, Tyler? Thinking about it. Circling the drain. Uh, Alex, what did I give New Mutants? Good question. What did you give New Mutants? That was so long ago. You gave it a D. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) I don't want to go lower than New... Okay. New Mutants and Venom 2... Too much carnage. Uh, both get a D minus. Right, we're doing it. <laughs> All right. The first venom made Alex raise his Ant Man of the Wasp grade. <laughs> this venom has made you lower your new mutants grade. And, and I don't. I really. You guys know how much I don't like to rag on. Well, I don't like to say stuff is bad because it doesn't exist. But and I, like, I know Tyler has a fondness for this, and so I don't want to be like a jerk about it. It just this one just didn't work on me. It's really all it comes down to. It, it, I just did, pieces of it I had some fun with, but largely it was just kind of a movie that happened in front of me and like whatever. When it was done, I wasn't frustrated anymore. And Britain, I, I, yeah, I, I don't I don't like saying all this stuff because I don't want to be mean. But like I just the movie didn't work on me. Is really all it comes down to. But it didn't make me ang- actually angry the way that like a force awakens or suicide squad or something has where i'm like i have to give this an f because you mean rise of skywalker not force awakens yeah rise of skywalker you said force awakens oh i said force awakens i'm so sorry we should should correct uh please yeah because i like force awakens rise of skywalker would be the one i gave the f to um because those movies like offended me in some way or i thought they were just like so atrocious or something silly but with this i was like no it's just not working on me whatever i shouldn't have waited so long uh, before the podcast to watch it it's on me britain tyler i maybe I'm, I'm putting your words in words in your mouth let me know i think this is the one case where tyler would actually be appreciative of us hating on it and being <laughs> as mean to this movie as possible because i feel like that almost enhances the experience <laughs> i don't know what's andy circus's email i'm gonna apologize to <laughs> andy.circus at gmail.com probably <laughs> you should try it see what happens yeah i'm uh I'm circling like a B minus and a C plus. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm going F plus. It's, there it's it an F plus. There it me. is. That's exactly. Uh, it was it was written in stone before we started this podcast, and I was not convinced otherwise. This is just a a link that says Andy Circus mobile number, phone number, email ID, biography, contact information, WhatsApp. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know that Andy is getting on WhatsApp. You never know. You know, he usually really likes to get on iFunny and seeing all the all the jokes <laughs> on there. Oh, Ando. I do like him. I'm not changing my grade. And I think I've only given yeah. one F plus on the podcast, and that was for Halloween Resurrection. I think if I were to designate an F plus for another movie out of everything we've done, it would probably be this one. When I I will rewatch Halloween H two at some point in my life, I'm sure of it, and I might change it from an F plus to like a legitimate grade because maybe Halloween it's just because of the movie, because the ones that, yeah the one with Buster Rhymes, because maybe it's just the movies that followed it that made me be like I did not appreciate that movie enough when we had it. That movie is delightful in pieces, mm-hmm. Rock Chun Li, etc. I usually start off the recommendation History segment. History will prove me right. Continue. Yes. I usually start off the recommendation segment, but I shouldn't this week because it'll be such a tonal whiplash. <laughs> um, so someone else guide us into this this new place. I have no recommendation. So I've got three. Okay. Go for it. Uh, Ghost once Rider. again, I'm Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance. <laughs> Big. <laughs> <laughs> 
and the I board wish. game Clue. <laughs> Not the movie, which I also love. Yes, which the we board game on the film on the podcast. Um, yeah, I'm I'm still running through my my HBO Max uh queue of films, just trying to run through that as best as I can. It's slow going, but I'm making progress. Uh, first film I watched is Collateral mm. with Tom Cruise and Jamie Fox. Uh, Michael Mann is a wonderful director, and between this and Heat, he really knows that that crime genre very, very well. It is the one time I've seen Tom Cruise play a bad guy, just an out-and-out bad guy, and it works really well for him, because he's a crazy man, and you can see, you can see behind his eyes in the performance, you're like, if somebody says one wrong thing, it will set him off. Michael Mann should have made Cars too. In a way. Let there be carnage. Britain, that's... Car. A- <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Britain, I was going to say, that's such a hot take that everyone would probably agree with, oddly enough. I was picturing the close-up of Tomater, Tomater being like, it's going to be carnage. <laughs> now that would have sold me on it. If you said Larry the Cable Guy was playing carnage. <laughs> I apologize. And he starts impaling the guards. Oh, that's fun. It's fun to think about that. <laughs> but yeah, Collateral. Yeah, collateral absolutely too. wonderful uh, crime drama. Um, in case y'all don't know what the plot is, I'll, I'll just go over that real quick. Um, uh, Jamie Foxx plays a cab driver in, I think it's, the entire thing is set in LA. Um, and Tom Cruise kind of just happens to stumble upon him and uh, basically forces him to drive him around the city to different spots where uh, he is supposed to execute hits. And it's very kind of uh, nail biting edge of your seat. Like I'm (laughs) worried every second of the movie. Like it's just very, very well done. And both of the performances are great. And Tom Cruise has uh, like stark white hair and it's just like a very it's very different for him and i really really like that um so there's collateral uh then i watched Macbeth, the 2015 iteration starring michael fassbender and marion cotillard uh i'm not a huge fan of shakespeare and that's mostly just a a time barrier like i can't get past just like old english and just trying to adjust to that and, you know, points for them kind of sticking to that with the dialogue, but it's just something I can't get past, and it's hard to just completely get a feel for what's going on and what they're talking about sometimes. Um, performances are good. No surprise there. Uh, it's very beautifully shot. Like, the there's an opening battle scene with, with Macbeth and his his uh, soldiers kind of fighting this this army, and it's just very very artfully done it uses slow motion in a very effective way um the cast is is quite stacked um david thulis shows up as as the king uh early on in the film but uh yeah it was it was strange because watching i was like i'm pretty sure this is good and I'm pretty sure many people, especially, you know, all the sh- the Shakespeare aficionados out there will get a huge kick out of it. I'm kind of liking it. <laughs> so it's a lukewarm recommendation, but a recommendation nonetheless. Um, and I do need to see Tragedy of Macbeth because I, now I want to compare and contrast. Yeah. 
Um, last film is Empire of the Sun, mm. <laughs> veering in a completely different direction. Baby, baby. Um, in, into Spielberg schmaltz. Um, it's uh, I think it's from 1987. It's Christian Bale's a little kid growing up in this um, province in China where a bunch of uh, British people live um right as the japanese are, are attacking during world war ii and he ends up in an internment camp and it's really wild seeing christian bale as a kid because so many of christian bale's just like mannerisms and just like his presence like i felt like oh yeah that's christian bale like yeah. no question like i feel i see that performance like transcending decades into like the newer stuff i've seen him in um so that was pretty wild to see and once again, pretty stacked cast. Um, John Malkovich shows up and he's he's great. Him and Joe Pantaleano are, oh. are like crime buddies. Um, yeah, it was great. And yeah, if you like Spielberg movies, hey, Spielberg made a good movie. <laughs> who, who knew? <laughs> who knew? Uh, so my recommendation is uh, also a movie that involves churches. Um, I'm going to recommend a documentary from 2021 called Procession. Uh, this is a movie I was really excited to watch, but I had to kind of steal myself for it. So I didn't get to it as quickly as as, as soon as I maybe thought I would. Um, it's a documentary that was made over three years about these group of men who are all in their approximately in their 40s who were they're survivors of sexual abuse at the hand of Catholic priests. Um, in I believe it's in Kansas City. Uh, I think there's more than one Kansas City, so I'm not sure specifically which one. And it's it, basically the documentary. The the, the credited, credited director is Robert Green, but it's a collaborative effort between him and these guys. And it was it started because he saw the filmmakers saw a press conference where some of these men had come forward to like make the accusations and try to get some investigations going, to to little to no effect. And they reached out with a drama therapist to help to, to uh, basically to invite these guys to participate in like filmmaking, not quite workshops, but like the process of making movies it's like short films or scenes really kind of about their experience um, as a form of therapy. And the movie is it's, it's, it is a documentary. You, of course, do see the scenes, but you also see the making of it. And sometimes during, like, they'll be playing one of the scenes and it'll cut to, like, off camera as the guy who made it is watching it and, like, giving input as they're making it. So you kind of get both the full scene and the behind the scenes making of it. And also, you know, you get to know these guys and you go through the process of, of, their healing and discussion and looking for the locations and all this. One of the guys who uh, is a survivor, his job is as a location scout. And so he takes the lead on a lot of that stuff. Um, under, needless to say, it, it can be kind of a tough movie to watch. It, not because anything graphic happens on screen, but because it's, it's these men being very honest about what happened to them. Um, and I think that was one of the best things about it is that it's something that we all, I think a lot of us intellectually know anyway, but it's always good to be reminded that survivors of assault and abuse, there's not a universal look, you know, it's not like there's a type of person. It's just, this happens to people and to, to meet these guys, we've all met 
guys like this. You know, they're they're guys, whatever that means. And then to hear them talk about this is is really awakening that like, no, this happens. And yes, it happens to children. And those children grow up and they keep that pain and that experience. And it's it's a movie that is ultimately i think very moving and ultimately a very good experience it's not a punishing experience it's not one that like tries to make you angry or anything it's just a movie that really presents like what this art the the healing power of both art and of communicating with people and communicating with each other and the people who have been through what you've been through and people who haven't been um one of the, and I think I really want to emphasize this is movie is not anti-Catholic. This movie is not anti-religious. It is not anti anything except abuse and like corruption and corruptive systems. Um, but it is, I, I imagine, you know, everyone's going to get something different out of it and bring something else to it, depending on their experience with a lot of different things, particularly religion and oppressive systems and abuse and all these other things. But, um, you know, trigger warnings abound, of course, but I found it a really mature movie and a movie that it really just let the guys share their feelings and didn't seem to try to inform it. And the guys, you know, one of them is understandably a very angry person and has a lot of profanity and a lot of like he just lights into to this stuff. But you just the whole time you get the feeling like the movie's going, yeah, share it, explain how you feel. The movie doesn't seem to be like backing any particular viewpoint aside from a general support for these guys um expressing themselves so i'm speaking about it in a very serious way because it is a very serious subject but i do recommend people check it out it's you know our it may be it's under two hours just under i think um it's on netflix and i really do think it's worth your time it's if you i would say if you saw spotlight um and spotlight is great it's probably a step above that in terms of hard to watch because in Spotlight, even though it's a true story, you have the veneer of these are actors saying lines as they recount these things. And in, in procession, it's people telling their stories. Um, but, you know, it's – it's yeah, I would say it's a step above Spotlight. If you can handle Spotlight, you can probably handle this. Um, so anyway, it's really great. I totally recommend it. But, you know, it's uh, it, it is a, a, a very – serious and somber experience but a great one and it's called procession uh and it's on netflix and now you see why i had to go last (laughs) couldn't really just dive into this after goofing on venom now did you watch this before or after venom (laughs) uh this was one i had to kind of pepper throughout a couple of days understandably but it was mostly before (laughs) And I was like, okay, cool. Well, I've gotten that. Now let me let me take my medicine and watch Venom. Well, you know, you gotta you gotta mix them in, half an hour of Venom here, half right. an hour procession. Exactly. There. Yeah, balance the uh the the sugar and the medicine for sure. <laughs> hey, next week is a fairly historic moment on the podcast. Isn't that right, Alex? It is. It it most certainly is. I have been waiting my whole life for this moment to talk about this film. Eternal. No right? time to die. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I figured it was either that or Pretty Woman. So <laughs> no, uh, that's the week after no, Britain. Of course, of course. Spoilers. Yeah. So y'all have both seen. I have not seen No Time to Die. I I I'm going in fresh eyes. I'm I'm really excited to see this movie. I've been looking forward to it. 
You finally well, have time to see No Time to Die. That's true. Uh, I, I mean, this, say, this it, is a lengthy one, so. I was going to say, now it's going to be a crushing disappointment after how much I've hyped it up, no, and I, then Tyler goes, oh yeah, it actually is quite good. <laughs> I think, I think uh, Britain, I think you'll enjoy it quite a, quite a bit, and I'm excited for us to talk about it. Yeah, I have faith. I, I also think that watching the, 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 our, our podcast movie, uh, Venom was our most recent podcast movie. I think that'll set me up properly. So that's true. That's true. I'm looking forward to it. Um, if it can't do it, nothing will. <laughs> sure. If uh, you want to find where that episode is, uh, you can find us all over the place online or on here. Sequels.boxbot.com or on Twitter uh, at HCT sequels. You can email us at here. sequels at gmail.com or on Spotify, iTunes. We're actually not on SoundCloud anymore. So more on that. This episode will not be going up on the SoundCloud. Um, that that has changed up a bit. We're we're ripping out the wiring, uh, installing new infrastructure to better service a yep. uh, a world that needs here comes sequels right now. Really, they tried to cancel us. <laughs> they tried to cancel us. They tried to cancel us for our takes on the new uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, <laughs> <laughs> which That's of course silly. we will be reviewing when it comes oh, to yeah. Netflix in a few months. Um, oh yeah, we're not going to do the other Texas Chainsaw movies. We're just going to do yes. the, the the new one. It's, it's it's an enjoyable trailer in its way. In its way, yeah, but yeah. We're all out there. You guys know how to find us. You found this, yeah. Somehow, maybe you just threw a wish in the well, like Carly Rae Jepsen. Mm-hmm. But here we are, full of emotion. Um, I don't know, Alex. You got anything else you want to say to the people? All I can say is I've got no time to wait. Oh. We'll see y'all next week. I've been Alex. <laughs> hey, I've been Britton. I've been Tyler. And uh, y'all are having a, a pretty good night, I think. Carnage! <laughs>